Konechny! Bounces to the line, kept in, Katerian shot, he scores! Can you believe it? Sean Katerian! Welcome to another edition of Flyer Buzz, here on Flyers Radio 24-7. Here's Brian Smith and Bill Melzer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Flyer Buzz here on Flyers Radio 24-7. I'm Brian Smith, along with Bill Meltzer. We thank you for bringing us in with you here as the Flyers get set to start wrapping up this month of October. They've had a pretty easy month in terms of their schedule. They haven't had a lot of travel since that opening game out west, uh, opening two games, I should say, and are getting poised for the first uh, real long road trip of the season. If you don't count the one that's early in the year, because you can start it you know, before the season starts or whatever, now the Flyers will have their first lengthy West Coast in-season trip uh, starting next week. But they've got uh, a couple of games left on the East Coast before that, uh, starting with uh, Thursday at Boston and then Saturday at the New York Islanders. The Flyers, of course, are coming off a loss to Colorado that uh, – Hasn't sat well with a lot of folks just because of, uh, I guess, kind of the way that it was interpreted that it went uh, for the Flyers. And really the whole season is uh, something that uh, folks have been concerned about with. That's the Flyers' starts to games. Uh, A lot of folks are are looking at uh, the package as a whole, and and including uh, the the coaching staff, and not caring much for the way the games have started. And, and Bill, I guess to start, we'll we'll get your take on that. Uh, You've... uh, you, know, you watch these games pretty closely home and away, and uh, I'm just curious as to what you've seen as far as the uh, the Flyers go in the first period of these uh, first nine games. Well, I think that uh, other than two games in particular, the the uh, home game against the Golden Knights, you know, that was a zero zero game until very late, but the Flyers carried the play for the first 40 minutes in that game. Um, and then you look at the game against Jersey, where I thought it was the Flyers' best 60-minute effort of the season. Those two games, are, those two games are good starts. Um, the Columbus game too. There were some some hiccups in there, uh, but the Flyers took a lead to the first period. The only game of the season yet where they've scored first, and that's only the concern. Um, but I think if you look at the other games this season, the starts have not been good enough. You know, um, even. Even the like the Colorado game. I mean, the Flyers got out of that first period down one to nothing. It's still a manageable game, but it's not it's not setting the kind of tone that you want to see. You know, um, if you dig yourself a hole and you leave yourself 50 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever, to uh, you know to, to get out of it and, and come away come away with points from the game, that's not a formula that's going to be conducive to any kind of sustained success. I mean, in some ways, if you look at the Flyers. At four and five right now. First of all, that's not good enough. That's not uh, that that's not what the team expected to do coming out. I don't think that's that's what uh, those really look at the team closely expected them to do. Um, these next two games in Boston, which is always a tough building for anybody, but especially for the Flyers, haven't had much success there really in the last seven years or so. To come away with a, a point or better yet, two points from that game, and then and then a solid game against New York before. A very tough road trip out west, which is, you know, for all Eastern teams, is a tough, tough trip. So that, that's a trip where you're you're looking to, uh, if you can come away 500 from that trip, you've usually had a decent trip. The Flyers don't want to hang around 500; they want to they want to get above that 500 mark, and they're going to need need wins the next two games to do that. So I think if you look at the just the way the team has come out, it just hasn't been good enough, except for those couple of games that I mentioned. 
looking specifically at the Colorado game, and that seems to be what a lot of folks are focusing on because it's just the nature of the beast. The uh, most recent game is the one that sticks in people's memory, and uh, I looked at that game. I, obviously, the, the the first thing that you don't want to happen is for uh, for your team to take a penalty, you know, three minutes right. into the game, which is essentially what happened, and that resulted in a power play goal that put the Flyers down one to nothing. My takeaway from the Colorado game was more from a standpoint of how do the Flyers get to the point where, especially defensively, they're playing like the Colorado Avalanche. Because I think there's – I see two different scenarios uh, over the course of the year. There, first of all, there's a game where your team doesn't play well. Um, then there's a game where you guys don't have – your team doesn't have the game it wants because the other team plays so well. And that is what, to me – fell more for the Colorado game. That Avalanche team executed extremely well. Um, you know, it's October. It's too early to say that they're going to be a postseason, uh, you know, contender or whatever, but uh, that's how you need to play to have success over the course of a full season and into the postseason. And if they are able to play like that more often than not for the rest of the year, Colorado, I think, is going to be there at the very end, uh, you know, the Flyers had uh, several situations in that game where, uh, you know, passes were, they had to be off the mark by about a foot or two because of the way Colorado's defense was covering the passing lanes and, and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, that that's more the takeaway for me is that, uh, first of all, how do you deal with a team like that? And second of all, how do the Flyers get to the point where they're playing like that? Because that was just a suffocating display of defense to me. Uh, by the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, and I thought the Flyers got better as the game went along. Uh, the, the first period, I think it was a combination of Colorado playing well and the Flyers not playing so well. I thought the Flyers got better as the game went along. Sometimes you can sometimes you can look at the number of shots that come from the point uh, as an indication of you're not getting anything you know below and inside the dots, or not not very much at least. I mean, a lot of the Flyers shots that game were, were from from the blue line. Um, you know, and, and I will say that uh, Travis Sanheim did an exceptional job of putting pucks on the net. Um, and he had a, you know, he's been a bright spot, I think, through pretty much throughout the first nine games for the most part anyway. Um, but I think, that's, I think that's a good point. That you're not, you know, you're not, you have to look at how the other side is playing. I think the Flyers have kind of a template for doing that, Brian. I think that the, the Vegas game and the, the um, game against the Devils, or how the Flyers need to play as, as five-man units. I mean, the Flyers have done a lot of five-on-five work in practice, and it's all about being in sync as five-man units. Um, you know, both sides of the box, both, both coming into the forecheck, getting back, play through the neutral zone. I think the Flyers play in their own end of the ice. Um, started out very poor in the first several games. It's gotten better. I think the, the Vegas game was kind of a turning point. Um, at least, at least the type of five-on-five, their own zone play has been, been better. But in terms of 200-foot game, turnovers in the neutral zone, containment, was, you know, turnovers rather in the offensive zone up high, uh, preventing teams from getting through the neutral zone with the speed, those, those, all, those things all still have to get better. And then, of course, there's, there's the penalty-killing part of the equation, too. Um, I think when you look at the first nine games, the Flyers have been much, much, much better at up-ice pressure good at pressuring at pressuring entries at the blue line, good even at challenging up high and, and getting some clears. But once uh, you know, once teams get set up and you, you have to play down low and you know get get your box squared away and passes can't get through it, that, those are 
still areas where the Flyers have to get better. Um, and there have been there have been breakdowns like where you know, uh, I mean, your Sean Couturier is the last guy you expect to have a, a breakdown of this nature. But in the the first power play goal last game, and uh, I mean, Dave Haxall pointed out afterwards, Couturier was a, was a good seven eight feet up too high on that one. There have been other ones where players' sticks haven't been in the right position. I mean, those kind of things have to get better, especially with games being so close in the league, you know, frequently. And also, with the uh, although I think the although I I'm not concerned about the Flyers' power play, but just just the uh, special teams part of the equation. If you're not coming out ahead on the power play side of it, you have to kill the penalties that you do take. Um, some of that, as you also mentioned, is cleaning up some of the thick infractions, the preventable penalties they've taken. But, I mean, all, all those kind of areas are when a team wins consistently, they're doing those things. And, you know, the Flyers have done that for a game here, a game there, but, but there hasn't been any kind of a sustained stretch. And, I, you know, I think you look at the 4-5 and five record and it's deserved. And and to me, the key is the thing you said to start off that last segment is that uh, the Flyers got better as the game went on. Uh, what, what does this team need to do that that's not happening? That that uh, they are starting off good and continuing to be good as the game goes on, as opposed to uh, you know it seems to you know take a, a half a period or so to at least to get their wheels going and then having a strong second. Well, I think that it, I mean it starts out very very early on you have to be you have to be clean in your breakout you have to get your four check established and you have to get back pressure i mean those things have been lacking in the first five ten minutes of games when it's there you know when it's there then then uh, particularly on the road those first few minutes of the game if the home side doesn't get going in that, in that early stretch then sometimes if the advantage tilts towards the visiting team a little bit that's something to look for in the boston game but just in, just in general getting those those real basic small details right, you know. Um, again, like the clean breakout passes are huge because if you, you go tape to tape, all of a sudden you're attacking with speed. You don't have to dump in, you know. You um, you can attack, you can get you can get your forecheck going, you can create some turnovers the other way, and then you're the team that's getting the early power plays most of the time. Those things have to be crisp from the outset, and those it just, it just hasn't been there except for a couple of games in the early going of so we have coming up here for the Flyers the, uh, the the game against Boston, which again you mentioned is a tough one, being on the road against a team like the Bruins that has been uh, a tough out over the course of this season so far. And then they have the New York Islanders coming in uh, for the uh, for the weekend on the uh, Saturday afternoon game. Um, this is what they've got left before this this long road trip. And, and like you said, obviously uh, four points out of those two games uh, is is. Uh, something that's really going to ease a lot of people's worries headed into this road trip. But uh, you know, just just in general, what uh, what do you think those two games bring as far as a challenge for the Flyers and uh, the kind of things they'll have to do to be successful uh, in those contests? Well, I think in going into the Boston game, um, you know, for back-to-back games, the Flyers are playing two of the top lines in the league. Um, you know, the the Nathan McKinnon line is. is different than the Patrice Bergeron line. They, they play differently, but they're still highly effective. I mean, you know, talking about a perennial Selkie candidate, uh, we all know what Brad Marchand can do besides being an agitator, but with his speed and his creativity and his offensive ability, too. And David Pasternak is, uh, you know, has some of the best hands in the NHL. Uh, the Flyers have to at least hold even against that line. Uh, the Flyers' top 
line has been a little a little bit up and down. I think Claude Giroux has played very well. Um, I don't think Sean Couturier is really at his A game going yet, and some of that I think is understandable. It, it, it's, uh, he had a shortened summer. He missed a chunk of the middle of camp, but he only played the final game of the preseason. So it doesn't really surprise me that he's up a little bit of a slow start offensively. You know, but when he's when he's on top of his two way game, you know that's a, that's a great that's that's a good matchup against. Uh, if they think if Austin with the last line change chooses to just go top line against top line, you know, if you can hold even there, um, then then other lines can can step up and contribute. I think it's an encouraging sign, for example, that Nolan Patrick has come back in the lineup. He scored in back to back games. Um, although statistically. Ivan Provorov did not have a good game against uh, Colorado. I, I, I think uh, just by the by the eye test from that game, he's getting he's getting closer to being back to on his game again. I thought the New Jersey game was a step up for him. Every game he's getting a little bit closer. Flyers Flyers need that. I mean, the Flyers need 25, maybe sometimes more quality minutes out of Provorov. They need Couturier. I mean, those are their two their two biggest stabilizers on the team. If they can get if they can get some solid, reliable shifts from those guys and avoid the bad penalties, you know, and hopefully get a power play goal or two of their own, then I, then I really like you know they they have they have a shot against a shot against Boston. You know the Flyers uh, actually played them pretty tough last year. Those are all for the most part games that could have gone either which way. So you know I, it's going to take a, a very good effort. Boston Boston's a very tough team at home. If you come away with a point, it's not the end of the world, but uh, you know, preferably two. And then you come in and play an Islanders team that has really not a lot of expectations on them. Um, kind of a rebuilding year, but there's you know they have a lot of talent in, uh, on that side as well. Even even without Don Tavares, I mean Matthew Barzell is one of the fast rising young players in the league, and they play with a lot more structure and focus. I think under Barry Trotz, even already you see some of that falling into place and. They were a year or two ago where they would score. You know, the scoring goals was no problem, but they couldn't keep the puck out of their own net. It, it's a tougher challenge because they're playing a much more balanced kind of game, and uh, there's not going to be necessarily as much space as there's been you're used to seeing against the Islanders. So the Flyers are going to have to play the right way in both of those games. You know, you can't necessarily dictate your will on a team for 60 minutes. That just doesn't happen very often in the league. But the Flyers have to play the right way, and then they have to, uh, you know, when there are some bumps on the road, they have to get back on track as quickly as possible. And really, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and along those lines too, I'm curious of your thoughts on, uh, you know, some of these guys that we've seen over the course of this first part of the season and and perceived uh, uh, troubles that they're having. Um, you know, you mentioned Kachurier and Provorov in particular, and, and maybe some other folks on the lineup as well. Is is, is some of this situation just where it's kind of in their heads maybe a little bit you know this is something that's wearing on on everybody the slow starts and things like that and uh you know maybe one of those things where it's you know they talk about squeezing the stick too hard or, or whatever when some uh, individuals are having troubles converting is it just a matter of uh trying to keep things simple and just you know just playing the game to to you know your instincts and uh you know letting things happen from there i think i think that's exactly right brian you know i i think that uh you know, you don't you don't see the uh, the result. You know, you follow the process, but you don't see the result. Um, and the Flyers have to do a lot better in the process. But the, the game against uh, Vegas being an example where they did follow up, didn't get a win out of it. 
Lawrence. I think that, I think that is a piece of it. Um, I, I think you can look at, for example, um, Travis Konechny, who's going to be back up on the top line as of tomorrow, it looks like at least. Um, you know, he went. Uh, he came. He came out of the season. He, he was hitting several posts. He was robbed a couple times. He had pucks hop on him. And although you know, although Travis said, "Oh well, he's getting his chances. He's not that worried about it." And you saw that look of relief on his face when he, he finally got one of the flexed in this, uh, the Columbus game. When next next game out against uh, New Jersey, he just you know he just shoots the puck, and um, it was it was a heck of a shot, and he scored on it. I mean, it's it's, it's just things like that. You you see a little taste of success, and suddenly it just gets much easier to just relax and, and just play the game, um, you know. But you have to you have to do things the right way in the first place. So. You know, I do think it, it might be getting in guys' heads a little bit, but it's up to them to work through. And just one final thing to touch on with the current incarnation of the team is Michael Roffel's absence. He'll be out, uh, was it, four to five weeks, I think, of the lower body, five to six, something along those lines. Uh, obviously something to do with his foot. Uh, after a hit in the game against Colorado, he couldn't put any weight on it at all and had to be helped off the ice. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on uh, – what uh, what the Flyers will miss from Raffles' game, and who is there that might be able to uh, replace some of those things? Yeah, when you when you hear coaches talk about a glue guy in the lineup, I mean that is really what, what Michael Raffle is. Uh, in terms of two hundred foot game, he's almost always in the, the right spot. He's solid without the puck, really good in the forecheck. You know, in terms of uh, you know, he, he's one of those guys who, when you look at his Puck possession analytics, you know, it does it does accurately reflect how he plays because the Flyers end up having the puck a lot more than not, even when he starts in the defensive zone. Big and he's strong. You know, his offense kind of comes and goes in spurts. He's not really going to necessarily be missed for his goal scoring, but he's a guy who comes in and you know what you're going to get game after game after game. They're usually positive things. That's tough to replace from the lineup. Um, it really, it, it's more of in terms of multiple guys have to step up. Uh, Corbin Knight is going to come back into the lineup. Uh, Corbin is a sol- solid defensive player at the AHL level. He's been a guy you can move around the lineup at different spots, but he's not going to play the same number of minutes that Michael Roffel does. Um, he's a different kind of a player than, than Roffel is so, to a large extent. Um, I do think you'll see him as, as part of the penalty-killing rotation. But I, I think it, it more has to be just uh, just multiple players have to step up. Uh, the indication from Ron Hextall is that uh, the team is probably not going to make a recall imminently from the Phantoms. Um, if they do at some point, it's possible a guy like uh, Nick Bell could be a player in that mold. Um, there has to be more consistency in this game to be a player in that mold. But I mean, he fits some of those. He fits some of those characteristics and. and took a jump up in his play last year. That's a guy who, if he continues to improve on the consistency side, might be a guy who steps up in in the role. But I think for the time being, it just has to be, you know, everyone has to pick up some piece of it. That's really, you know, again, it's a, uh, although he's a role player, he's he's a tough one to lose from the line to hurt. Well, I'll make you Bell, of course, is down with the Phantoms, and we'll move on to that. Uh, Give us a little bit of an update on them. I know that uh, the start of the season hasn't been, Exactly what Lehigh Valley would have uh, would have wanted. What's the uh, you know what's the latest on how things have been going for the Phantoms? Yeah, a little bit a little bit up and down for the Phantoms, as you said. Um, last weekend they won one, they lost one, they lost one in a shootout. Um, the one that they won was actually a nice little comeback after a tough start. 
I think that there have been there have been some positive things. I, I think that after the uh, seven nothing debacle where no one played well, you know, um, Philippe Myers has been pretty pretty solid since then. Uh, Carter Hart, uh, you know, struggled in a couple back to back starts. I thought he had a better game last Sunday. Um, still could have been cleaner in certain areas, but, but I think a step in the right direction for Carter. Um, and it, it's nice to see guys like Cameron uh, Rupsov and, and David Kasha step right into the lineup as rookies that have, have solid starts to the season, contributing. I mean, uh, Rupsov is already on the PK. Um, they scored a couple goals, scored a shootout winner. You know, he has to sustain it, obviously. It's very early in the season. It's October. But the, the early signs with him are, are positive. Um, and I think um, you know, the team is still trying to find some balance with its lines, trying to get more guys going. You know, it's been a it's been a bit of an up and down start. Not all that not that all that different from the parent team, actually. I mean, the uh, there's a game tonight in Hartford as, as we're recording this. Um, uh, Michael Neubrath is going to be with the team. I don't know if he's going to be starting tonight, but he'll get a couple games of rehab starts. Uh, you know, and, and I think this upcoming weekend, um, and tonight, and then game, back-to-back games on the road on Saturday and Sunday are pretty important for that team too to uh, you know, come away with some points and, and avoid a, a slow start this season. But the, uh, the early weeks, there's definitely room for improvement. And, and since you mentioned Neuber, we probably normally would have discussed this earlier, but uh, he, he's obviously uh, healthy. He's going to come uh, go to make a rehab start at some point with the Phantoms and get some time in. Which just means that the Flyers are close to having uh, a, a whole lot of healthy goalies here. Um, with uh, uh, you know Calvin Pickard have been being picked up off waivers, and, and now uh, that time is nearing for, for Ron Hextall to, to make a decision. I'm not sure what the options are here, but uh, um, you know it's it, it's going to be interesting to see. I think what happens once the Flyers have all these goalies ready to go, what they do with them. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that certainly is uh, you know. There's going to be decisions to make. Um, you know, I think that I mean one option. One option would be. I mean, they don't. I don't think the Flyers want to end up more goalies than on the Phantoms. Everybody healthy. Um, but you know, they might. They might end up in that situation conceivably. Um, you know, if, if Calvin Pickard were the one to be waived, and I, you know, I think that just by the process of elimination, that would be most obvious move. Um, Toronto, if nobody else puts in a claim, Toronto would have the option of reclaiming him. Um, they could send him down to the Marley, or uh, if it's past the 30-day 10-game mark, they, they'd have to re-waive him and potentially send him to the Marley. So that would be uh, that, that's one option that's out there, um, you know. But if but if Calvin ends up coming into a game or two and, and plays well, plays better than you know, didn't have a very good game in Columbus, but I thought he was he was solid in his first start in Ottawa not a ton of help in front of them. And uh, listen, he came out and he won the shootout against Florida. So he, you know, he's done some good things as well. Uh, I mean, they, they're, you know, there's still a, there's still a job to be won in, in a tandem kind of a situation with the, with the team. And like the Norbert also has to show he can stay healthy for, you know, that's uh, always been the issue with Norbert. It's never been a question of talent. So if the Flyers do end up in a situation where they have, you know, all these goaltenders healthy, they will definitely have a decision to make. And, uh, you know, it's not going to be necessarily an easy one, but I mean, that was there was really by necessity that the Flyers had to do something because they started out with Alex Lyon injured and with um, Neuberth injured. And then all of a sudden, you you know, you have to do. Get, they had to pick up another goalie with some experience. So that's kind of where they find themselves right now. 
So we'll move on now to the uh, the prospect watch, the the juniors and colleges. What's going on there? Who's uh, who's been kind of the standouts for uh, for that group over the past uh, week or so? Yeah, and uh, I, I feel like every time we do one of these, I thought I started out with Morgan Frost, and he's continued to just uh, do tremendously well. Uh, he's tied for the OHL scoring lead as of uh, this past weekend, and he's just been on a, on a tear lately. Not just not just putting up points, but playing with the kind of pace the Flyers are wanting to see him play with. He's definitely he's definitely uh, picked up the pace a little bit with that. Um, Matthew Strom coming off of a, a very good weekend. Um, I thought Isaac Ratcliffe had a very interesting weekend this year, for good and for bad reasons. I mean, he had a, a two-goal, three-point game on, on Sunday, and he's continuing to rack up the goals. He's got nine of them already. Um, you know, Isaac is not a guy I, I, I've ever thought of as being a guy who gets in trouble with the refs, but he had, he had a tough weekend this weekend in that regard. Uh, on Friday, he got, he got a misconduct. On Saturday, he got a misconduct. You know, you get misconduct on back-to-back days, the refs kind of have the antenna up, and on Sunday, he got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. You know, that's uh, that's something Isaac, I mean, that's not characteristic of him, but that's something that they really can't continue. He's, he's his team captain, and that's, you know, that's not, he's much more valuable to his team on, on the ice than in the penalty box. So that's something that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a short-term trend, but it's something he's going to want to get away from. Um, and the, on the collegiate level, um, you know, I think that uh, Joel Farabee's had a nice start to his collegiate career. Um, Wyatt Klinuk has been a Tremendous, uh, off a tremendous start for uh, for Wisconsin, and um, and actually, uh, flipping back just for a second to the junior side, why uh, Wiley's off to a tremendous start also in the Western League. Those those two defensemen are guys certainly to watch. Um, on a you know on a on a negative note, but uh, um, you know on a little bit of a there was a little bit of a scare this weekend with Jay O'Brien. Um, he was able to he had to leave. Friday's game, uh, got him, got charged at him, actually got a penalty for it, um, and it appeared in replays that, that his shoulder took more of the front of the hip than his head, thankfully, but he, he sat out the third period on um, on Friday's game, didn't play at all on Saturday, didn't practice to start this week, but apparently he's, he's day-to-day, and um, it looks like he might play again this weekend, you know, when something like that happens, you worry about possible head injury or something like that, but it looks like he, he escaped that, and he should be back in the lineup for you now. Well, we'll see how things go with that, and obviously our best to him. How about the uh, alumni side of things? Uh, what have those guys been up to? Yeah, the alumni just uh, just had uh, presented, raised $112,000 for Snyder Hockey and for, uh, for blocks through Alumni Golf. It's a really nice presentation ceremony. It's uh, Wells Fargo Center this past week. Um, the alumni took part in the uh, WCRE Realty charity game uh, and uh, raised raised on their end another $6,500, which is going to go to the uh, go to Snyder Hockey. Um, and another another really main thrust of the uh, alumni involved right now is the uh, uh, the Learn to Play program, um, which is for players, first-time players, ages five to nine. Um, Brad Marsh and Riley Cote are among the instructors. It's a tremendous program. I mean, the kids that participate get get free head to toe hockey equipment. My own nephew went through the program. He loved it, and it's just it's just a great introduction to the game. And also, you know, it's also a way for the alumni guys who serve as instructors to give something back to as well. So I can't say enough about that. In the uh, program exists 
in all 31 NHL markets. And last year, the Flyers were in the top three in terms of local participation, which just speaks to uh, you know just speaks to the level of hockey interest and the growth of the game in you know in, in our area. And I know this year the goal is to be to do even better than that. So uh, you know it's uh, an ambitious goal, but it certainly is off to a good start. Well, that's terrific to hear, and uh, and we'll see uh, see how that continues. But uh, definitely some great things going on there. Well, Bill, thanks very much for joining us on uh, this edition. Hopefully, we'll have uh, some wins to talk about when we get together next week and uh, kind of preview this road trip that the Flyers are headed on. But uh, we'll see how the weekend goes. That's good, Brian. All right. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for another edition of Flyer Buzz here on Flyers Radio 24-7. Just want to remind you that you can catch, of course, all the games on Flyers Radio 24-7 throughout the season. Also, a lot going on there when the Flyers aren't playing. We've got Phantoms games. We've got the Phantoms weekly radio show with Bob Rotruck. And when we don't have hockey going on, we've got music there with a bunch of neat Flyers things kind of interwoven in there. So check it out when you have a chance, uh, not just with our podcasts or our games, but uh, whenever you are looking for something to listen to, FlyersRadio247.com is the URL. It is powered by TuneIn. If you go to TuneIn.com, search for Flyers Radio 247. That's where you'll find the main landing page for the station. You can favorite it and uh, access it easily via the TuneIn app on your phone uh, or uh, whenever you go back in on the desktop. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast as well, like this one, the uh, the Bundy and Bill podcast uh, that's uh, going to be going on as well. And uh, our Flyers game recaps and news updates has its own podcast channel as well. If you subscribe to that, you'll uh, be getting updates and game recaps, highlights, all that stuff all the time. So check all that out at FlyersRadio247.com. I'm Brian Smith. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. The preceding program is an original production of Flyers Radio 24-7. You can find this and other programs available on demand at FlyersRadio247.com.